Kia boys did not are not now stealing garbage trucks. And the good news is yet. no garbage was stolen. <laughs> right? There's also that. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Coming up on 810 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning. Vince Petrano here with you. Steve Scafidi joining me until 9 o'clock. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. I didn't want to do this, Steve, but... Okay, one time for you people. One time. You're never going to talk me into this again. We were talking about this couch with Tausch. Mm-hmm. There's this couch on my way to work. Well, on my way around town. It's been out for like a week with a free sign on it. Still mm. sitting. Who takes used couches? Well, apparently nobody. Not this one. What's funny is we just jokingly mentioned, or someone texted in on the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620, couch. <laughs> like, you know, we often will put out there, yeah. text this word and we'll send you a picture. Of the... No, they want it. They're demanding it. Multiple texts now demanding to see the couch. That means you, the, the audience understands kind of the, the way we do things, right? They're, they have that expectation that we're going to put that picture out there. So oh, you're taking the photo, though, then, right? When you go home. This? Yeah. Yeah, no, why not? I have it. I have the photo. It's live oh. right now. Oh, oh, there we go. How's the couch look? I'm gonna can How I text couch. Text the word couch. Is, oh, I can't do that right now. Yeah, I can. <laughs> two eight five. I want to do it while he's talking. Six one six one six twenty. The old National Bank talking text line. Fine, fine, you people. I will send you a picture of the couch. What I kind took, of what kind of couch is it? It's a brown couch. Doesn't appear. The live stream is riveting with Mike and Steve both on their phones trying to get a picture of this couch. I want to see the couch. <laughs> I guess, right? I, that's my fault. I put it out there. I've been talking about this couch. Greg Hill, here our they producer. Come. Here's the text messages. They're coming in. Ah, uh, here we go. <laughs> I'm Bing. still waiting for the thing to load. Did you get the, did you get the picture yet? Scafidi, text the word. I got it. You're right here. I could have showed it. Oh, I see it. Oh, that's a tough looking no couch. Nobody's taking that couch. Are you kidding? Yikes. A homeless person would say, you know, that's, that's a hard no for me. I'll pass. Look at all Everybody wants to see the couch. Oh, come on. That's like oh, you, just, you put, a, you put a match one. to that thing, right? Yeah. No, you take that to the landfill or something like that. That screams yeah. bed bug infestation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is this close to your house? It's, they it's near my house. Neck of the woods? Wait, Folks wait, are wait, asking wait. for the this location This is in Greendale? No, it's not in Greendale. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, that's what I was thank thinking. Goodness. There's no right. way. Vince is like, come on, that's not in Greendale. We got to get rid of that. Media, I'm gonna get. A, I'm gonna rent the truck and haul that <laughs> out of here. That's right. I would take it into my own hands. Fine, I'll take it. and I'll take it to the dump because you're a doer of problem solver. That's right. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I just have to chime in eight five five six one six one six twenty in the old National Bank talking text line and the putting stuff at the curb. When we were moving out of our apartment, we put everything out there: half burned candles. Wheelie computer chairs, etc. One guy put the wheelie chair on top of his bike and rode off into the sunset. Not mm. one thing ended up going in the trash. Not sure what that says about the couch you saw. I don't. I don't even like to put branch. You know, we have branch pickup. I don't even like to put branches in, on my grass because then the grass grows long and it, you know it gets sketchy. I don't even do that. I'm I hope the couch is gone. When you go yeah. home today. That's what I really hope that we've what done. What if someone picked change. it up, found out where Vince's live, and puts on his house? <laughs> you know what? That's a Lance Allen thing. He would do that <laughs> to get an edge in Lawn Wars. Playing the game. Next thing I know, the couch is on my lawn. <laughs> right. Tell you what, wouldn't sit there for a week. Here's another one. My my grandmother would call it a Davenport. Is that what it is? I had that word game last week with Coach Davenport. It's like three, it's like three cushions. 
Yeah. Three cushions across. Then what's a couch? If this is a Davenport. I, I looked it up. There's no there, okay. there's no qualifier okay. for number of seats or anything. Uh, other than a uh what's the what's the uh, love love seat? Love seat cuz that's sure, two. That's, like yeah. a two. that's a pair, but yeah. Davenport could be anything. Okay. I bought a small little thing, but it, it's like an extended out outaways. That was a Davenport. So I don't know what the qualifier is. I mean, I give the guy credit for trying. Uh, this on the old National Bank talking text line. Goodwill no longer accepts couches because of bed bug risk, and many mm. communities charge at least thirty dollars to pick up such items. Yeah, you you find you a big yard, put bucks. a torch to it. That's what you. Oh do. yeah, you yeah. torch it. Yeah. Okay. With a big yard. What they do know. Greg from Greenfield wants us to pick up the couch, sign it, and then auction it off here at six twenty. Nobody wants. It's not that. coming in this building. I guarantee you <laughs> that is not coming in this radio station. We got enough problems in the building at the moment. <laughs> Imagine what that and that's couch all, has. That's all I'm going to say about that. Imagine what the couch has seen in its life. I don't have to imagine. It's wearing it on its face. You put one of those black light <laughs> or blue light things on this sucker, that thing is going to tell a story. Many stories. Greg and Greenfield also suggesting that the proceeds could benefit the human fund. Watchers of Seinfeld know what that is. Yes. That was the fake yes. charity that George Costanza set up. <laughs> Actually, that leads us... It was an ex- excellent segue that I will tease. I do, and I'm glad you're here, Steve. I do want to talk about the story that our John Mercure broke about the Stars and Stripes honor flight. I'll put an end to the couch discussion, okay? Last call, couch, to 855-616-1620 on the old National Bank talk and text line. I'll send you the picture. Wait, one more. Leave me alone. I want to get on with the show. Do I have to give the people what they want, Mike? Yeah, by law, yeah. Mm. One All more right, time. Fine. FCC. Ryan in West Bend says, I passed on that couch once. <laughs> so now I'm getting. No, I think now he, I'm ma- I think he meant passed out it. on that couch once. That's what he meant. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Sean Went will know what to do with the couch. No, I'm not entertaining anymore. <laughs> anymore on the couch. Last call. Text the word couch to the old National Bank talk and text line. I referenced actually a very serious story that our John Mercure broke here on 620 WTMJ. We'll get into the details of the stolen valor of a longtime volunteer with Stars and Stripes Honor Flight who is no longer volunteering but has been fundraising in the name of that organization and our veterans and apparently has been stealing the money. We'll get to that story next in your reaction on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight nineteen on Wisconsin's morning news this Friday morning, second day of Summerfest. Some information on that still to come this hour. Vince Vetrano and Greg Pancake Hill is producing the program. Steve Scafidi sitting in. Eric's up north this weekend. Nice. Good to have you. I am touched by this story on an emotional level in so many ways that our own John Mercure broke yesterday and reported on extensively. And it it hurts me because John's my friend and I know how deeply affected he is by it, Steve. It hurts me as someone who's worked in the nonprofit sector, as a board member on a couple of charities, and helping out so many more. I know how hard people work towards missions that they believe in to help people. There it's people, just dishonesty. Tireless volunteers who give everything of themselves. Some give, uh, you know, what they ha- call a contribution that hurts a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like they give money at levels that actually cut into their lifestyle. Money they could spend on themselves or their kids or their families. They're giving to charities because they believe so strongly in the mission and want to help people. And when you have someone who violates the trust of the goodwilling donors and volunteers and contributors, and of course, the constituencies whom they serve, it's really painful. And John's story about what's happened at Honor Flight, or really to Honor Flight, uh, is heartbreaking in every way. 
So give you a couple of the details, and then we'll talk about uh, some of your reactions to it. A woman who was a longtime volunteer with Stars and Stripes on her flight, which everybody knows what that is, right, Steve? Yeah, I, I've been a guardian. You, yep. you, you take men and women who have served throughout all the course of the battles in this country, starting with World War II, and you fly them to see the monuments in Washington, D.C. It's an incredible thing. I went with a Vietnam War vet. I'll never forget it. That opportunity, they don't have to pay for. That's why they raise money. And even for people, as Steve mentioned, who are the guardians, I was asked recently by one of my family members to be a guardian on an upcoming trip for him. And for me, even that was emotional. I was so honored that he would pick me to escort him to D.C. to be a part of that magical day for him. Yeah, this it's a tremendous honor, first. And, and it, it, it will be very emotional because we cried together. When, when this, my, my guy, who's since passed, he says from the Agent Orange contamination and, uh, and and all of that story from Vietnam. When he touches the wall, he sobs because he knows some of the names on the wall. Yeah. Then I interviewed him 15 minutes later, and we're still both crying. It, it's such an emotional thing, that connection to their their great country that they served. And, and we provide, the Honor Flight provides that opportunity. And John, of course, is one of the directors. He has led the effort. And to have a story like this, where someone just deliberately cheats the system— who, by the way, had a father who went on an honor flight. How does that happen? Give you a few more details on that. So this woman was a volunteer, and Steve mentioned John is on the board of directors for Stars and Stripes Honor Flight, believes so strongly in it and in that mission. And so she had been a volunteer. When she stopped volunteering, she started doing fundraising. So she's like a third-party fundraiser. She would put on events like a run-walk. Uh, other things where in the name of Stars and Stripes Honor Flight, she would say, hey, sign up for this. Proceeds go to Stars and Stripes Honor Flight. She had raised somewhere in the neighborhood of $100,000 over the years through multiple events. And prosecutors now, and I say prosecutors as she is charged with a crime and could do up to 10 years in prison for that crime. Prosecutors say of the $100,000 that she claims to have raised Maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of 20000 actually made it to Stars and Stripes Honor Flight. The rest, according to prosecutors, she was out there spending. Yeah, and, and John ran through some of the stuff, a spa, a spa treatment or something like that. Um, she's buying things online. She's signing up for classes with money. And I'll, I'll, John's going to be on my show later at, in the 10 o'clock hour talking about specifics. Money that could have been used for I don't know how many Honor Flights to pay for those individuals to go to Washington, D.C. That is essentially stolen. Now, the great thing is she didn't have access to the bank accounts of Honor Flight. This yes. is, as you said, a private contractor sort right. of. But that money never got where it was supposed to, to get. And I, I'll be honest, she's probably going to get the max because they're not going to look leniently upon someone who steals money from veterans. I'm just, I have that sense that's how it's going to play out. You know, I hope it does. And, you know, and I hope she's contrite. And I hope she can come around and try to pay some of that money back. I heard John mention in one of his reports that she doesn't have the ability to pay the money back. Right now it's gone. So I don't know how you're going to find all of a sudden $80,000 or whatever to contribute ultimately to Honor Flight. Uh, so I think for you know for me, uh, I, I hope there is a sentence there not only for her, but also that sends a message to other people. Not just for nonprofits, but these white collar crimes, Steve. You know, often don't get charged out or don't get right. don't get uh, sentenced out anywhere near that maximum. And with the value added of of pulling at the heartstrings of people who support our veterans and the experiences that they have, uh, you definitely hope that when her day in court comes, that it's it's treated with the the seriousness that so many people take it. And I I am optimistic that that she's going to have to recoup that money. 
because she has time. She's not an, an, she's not that old. She can you know. And we're talking about eighty thousand dollars. Most people, and it's a big big number, should be able to recoup that money for the honor flight and then give that back to them. That should be part of this as well. Make sure that she makes good on that promise. She stole from veterans. She stole from people that signed up for her run walk. That can't happen. But if you do it, you're going to do the crime. You can pay, you're going to do the time, and then you're going to you're going to pay that money back. Eighty thousand bucks apparently. For so many of us who are involved in nonprofit work as well, just an important reminder. And Steve, you did um, note that important distinction. So this wasn't someone who was part of Honor Flight and the, the the group that puts on these flights, and she didn't steal from their coffers because hopefully you have, and in many cases that's what's happening. Yeah. Anything from a soccer mom or dad who's raising money or whatever, and all of a sudden all the money for the uniforms is gone and things like that. We've heard these stories over and over again. Companies talk about it where you're taking, you know, Somebody who's in charge of the money is ciphering off. That's not what happened here. It was just money that was never delivered to them, nonetheless raised in their name. But it's a it's an important message to all of us who work in nonprofit. Man, check, double check, and recheck the money. And if you're the money person and someone from the organization comes to you and says, I want to have a second pair of eyes on this, say, great, good. I welcome that because we're all in this together. If you're in a charitable effort, it's about the people whom you serve, and it shouldn't be about anything else. Yeah, and I, I think John said this yesterday because I was listening to the report re- uh, live when I was driving back from Summerfest that they, they caught this, that this they might be happening. It. And that's that's a good indicator that they're on top of what's happening with the organization because they saw this. You know, they prom- this woman promised this, but we weren't seeing the money coming back. That's that extra uh, attention you said is, is so critical. And some of these organizations, you know this, you, you're involved in some of these. We're not talking about hundreds of thousands. We're talking about millions of dollars. So you have to have multiple sets of eyes. And in this case, that worked out to, to find out that this was happening. John's going to be on with Steve in the 10 o'clock hour of the show today with more important information on this story. 826 on Wisconsin's Morning News. on the bottom of the hour news WTMJ's Mike Spaulding in the studio here along with Steve Scafidi and myself uh, just a couple of takeaways from the search for that submersible that had gone to visit the wreck of the Titanic and Mike I know you got a few more things on that coming up in news just things that stood out to me yesterday as we ultimately seem to understand what happened the nightmare scenario that we had talked about for days guys that Somehow these five explorers were caught in this tin can down on the ocean floor thinking for days, how can we how can we survive? How can we conserve oxygen? And living through that horror of days of wonder that they'd be found sounds like that is not at all what played out, that they met their demise relatively early into their dive. Basically just either imploded or exploded, but at that extreme depth. And there was serious questions about the integrity of this thing, given the materials that was used to construct it. Um, you know, the guy that's on Discovery Channel, uh, Josh Gates, who does uh, Exhibition Unknown, he said he he was offered a chance to go on this thing two years ago. And he said, no, no, I'm not doing it. That's a no for me because he wasn't sure of its integrity. You go down that deep, incredible pressures. And it sounds like the only you know, saving grace is they didn't suffer and they were killed instantly. But yep. they may never retrieve that wreckage and or those their bodies. Bob Ballard is the guy who originally discovered or rediscovered, if you will, that wreck of the Titanic back in 1985. He's been making the rounds as well, talking with ABC News and others. And he just said he's been doing this for more than half a century. And something like this has never happened. 
and absolutely should not have. There's no excuse for the, you know, all sorts of things can go wrong when you're doing this. It's very risky, even those who do it correctly. But his point was there should have been no reason to doubt the integrity of the craft that you're in. Yeah. And this uh, company, Ocean Gate, seems to be in a lot of trouble. I actually made it my show poll today. Should we be sending tourists down to that site? Just We have all the images we need, I think. Let's respect the site. Does it need to be a, what, $250,000 per person Tourist ride? I don't think so. That'd be an interesting question. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Just a few quick hitters for you. I want to get all of these stories in here before the weekend. Uh, One person on the Old National Bank talking text line, um, I guess I hadn't noticed that I hadn't done this, but says, what's the woman's name with the Stars and Stripes on her flight? Wants to make sure that people don't give to her again or end up in some sort of scandal or, you know, another another set of victims in this thing with a woman who never gave the money to Stars and Stripes on her flight that she raised in their name. The set of victims is all the people who... Signed up for these fundraisers who mm-hmm. gave their funds that thought they were giving to veterans. Thousands of people yeah. that, that walked in and ran in these races and, and helped her on these efforts that never got to where they were supposed to go. Her name is Joni Nagay. She has been charged, uh, but is, again, we have a legal process here. She is innocent until uh, found guilty, but uh, that is the name of the woman who has been charged, Joni Nagay. She uh, raised money in efforts, uh, among others, called You Run or We Run, They Fly, and other charities associated or other efforts associated with that Stars and Stripes charity. I'll give you another name. This guy's out there somewhere right now, Donnie Darnell Williams. He was entering the last day of trial on a charge that he shot at Milwaukee police officers, charged with first-degree intentional, uh, first-degree attempted intentional homicide. A couple of cops were chasing him, and at one point he turned around on the cops, turned a gun on him, and started firing away, according to prosecutors. And now according to a jury, too, because he was found guilty. But here's the problem. Last day of court, he's supposed to show up. Steve, he had been out on bond. And I can't really crack on the judge in this case. Bond was set at $100,000. That's serious money. Which is about right for that. Yeah. This wasn't one of these. He's out on a signature bond or $1,000. But somehow he had posted it. So he was out and had been showing up for court, had been showing up for testimony. But it's the last day, essentially. Things were wrapping up. No show. So he's out there now. His defense attorney said the guy sent him a text saying he was stuck in traffic. He was late. Uh, he was trying to get a ride. He never showed in court. So proceedings continued. The judge allowed that to happen. Jury got the case. They found him guilty. So Donnie Darnell Williams accused of sh- shooting at a couple of our Milwaukee police officers in a foot chase. Convicted now of attempted first degree intentional homicide is out there in the wind. It's amazing what we have to put up with. You know, here's a guy that shot at police. Now just running around like everybody else. Well, and a shame because police did their job, right? Mm-hmm. You had somebody who's a bad actor. They found that person. They arrested that person. In this case, the prosecution was doing its job, gave him a big charge. There was a gun charge in there as well. They were prosecuting him. The judge set the bail at the right amount. Somehow the guy posted it, and now he's out there. This, this may be extreme, but I just want to throw it out there. Let's just say someone fires at a, a police officer or officers. Should there be bail for that? I mean, everyone has a right to bail, I guess, but do they? Like, should there be should should that be a, a situation that that deserves a bail? This guy's threatened the lives of men and women who try to keep us safe, so maybe that's a a, a no bail. 
I guess I was just happy it wasn't a signature bond. I mean, we've yeah. lowered our bar of expectations. Yeah. Well, you, so you mentioned right? hundred thousand, so yeah. at least they're, they're they're thinking about these things. But here, in this case, and you don't put up a hundred thousand; you put up a percentage, whatever that yeah. is. So, I mean, maybe we need to toughen it up a little bit. We've talked about this before. Maybe we're not tough enough. Another story I'm sure you heard in the news this morning, Steve, and this woman running from police. Again, I can't figure it. Reckless driving is one thing. Kids out joyriding is one thing, but. Parents or guardians or someone in the care of children who are driving recklessly with kids in the car is a whole other thing. Here's this woman. She hits a guy on the northwest side Thursday night, according to police. She's 24 years old. She's driving a minivan packed full of kids, struck a man who was walking at 36th and Florist, and then took off. So police are chasing her. She crashes now into parked cars at 35th and Silver Spring Drive. In the van, police report five children. Five children in the in the van. One of them as young as one year old. What a life lesson they just saw. All the way up to 10 years old. Six-year-old boy in the van was treated for non-life-threatening injuries. They did arrest that woman. Charges pending. And the 42-year-old man who was hit by her minivan is listed in serious condition. But I put that in a whole other category of you're not only endangering your own life, you're not only endangering the lives of so many others out there, you're endangering the lives of the law enforcement officers who are chasing you. On top of that, you got kids in the car. Yeah, maybe you don't deserve the kids you have. I'll end it on a lighter note because I wanted to share this story again. Did you hear about the garbage truck that was stolen that people thought the Kia boys took off with? I did not hear that (laughs) story. And apparently it caught such fire on social media that the Department of Public Works had to put out a statement like, hey, that's not what happened. So a DPW truck, garbage truck broke down on the streets. And what they did was there was a route to finish, right? They needed to pick up the trash. So the crew that had been on that truck got picked up by another truck, and they double-timed it and managed to get all the garbage picked up. Okay, nothing to see here. Well, apparently somebody came out noticing this truck just sort of abandoned in a neighborhood, went out and took either pictures or video. I can't tell, and I never found the original social post, but I just am looking at the news release from the Department of Public Works. that says it's in regards to false social media post, June 22nd. City of Milwaukee Department of Public Works is made aware of a social post that claims Kia boys stole a city garbage truck earlier this week. This is false. Social media, man. He said a person went out there, took the video, put it up on social media, and then social media ran wild with the Kia boys having stole a truck. I guess I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I don't know if if a garbage truck would be a desirable uh, acquisition, but, you know, they're not the smartest. Well, they're not keeping them anyway. They're just driving around until yeah. they wreck enough stuff and then get out and I leave would think it. it's not easy to, to operate a garbage truck, though. I, I would guess that's a little trickier than, tougher than a Kia or a Hyundai. DPW said uh, what had happened was the crew was out. They were working on it. Then they sent somebody over to the truck later. They saw they, there was no evidence that the truck had been tampered with or broken into in any way. They just wanted to let everybody know the Kia boys did not are not now stealing garbage trucks. And the good news is yet. no garbage was stolen. <laughs> right? There's also that. 843 on Wisconsin's Morning News. on this Friday morning. Summerfest Day 2 on the way. 55th big gig launching this week. Of course, one day down, 8 to go in the new Thursday, Friday, Saturday format. Today, the gates open at noon. Steve, you know my saying, right? Mm -hmm. If you pay full price to get into Summerfest, you just didn't try very hard. Yeah, or you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's that's how you say it on your show. I'd tweak it. (laughs) You're an idiot. Steve's show is next. I was out there yesterday. Beautiful, glorious day. Perfect, right? And we got a free Summerfest hat walking in. Love that. 
Today the deal is, and our partners at TMJ4 News, a big part of this action, it's Children's Fest Day, so they've got discounted food and beverages until 3 o'clock. they got activities specifically for kids. It's a great time if you want to bring your family down. And nothing to bring, nothing to wear, nothing to show. You just get in free from noon until 3. You can walk on in. I always love Children's Fest Day. A couple of years they had my son Max when he's now 15, Steve, but uh, had to be at least five, six years ago. So he's kind of a little guy. And they would they invited Max to interview kids at Children's Fest. Nice. And then they would put together a story. I mean, one of our really talented photographers and a producer would work with him, and they'd put together a story. But he was the talent, if you will. Is he following in your footsteps? No, he has no interest in it. <laughs> That's the funny thing. They asked him to do it one year. He did it. They enjoyed what he put together. So they asked, you know, would he do it again? So I said, Max, do you want to... What kid doesn't want to be on TV, Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you'll be on TV, Said, hey, they, you know, do you want to come down and, and do that again at Summerfest? He said, well, if they need me. <laughs> he was serious. Was he looking for a contract? No, or he was just, you know, I'll do him a favor. I'll do him a solid if they need if it. If it cashes, I'll do it, sure. <laughs> they give him the mic and let him run around there. Okay, Dad, I got to get to work. Hi, I'm Max Matron from TNJ4, and, and my assignment today is the Map of Fun at Summerfest. And that was the Map of Fun year, so we went around asking kids what they were looking at. Another year, uh, they gave him 20 bucks. <laughs> and just let him run around and buy food. That's not bad. That was not run past me before that happened either. Yeah, now that's one thing. Right, here he is. One special. Ooh, deep fried pickles. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my new friend, Wogan, and we're going to try these deep fried pickles. No, I, I do not. Oh, you don't want one? I do not want any. Max discovered how, how tough it is to interview kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Logan didn't want any deep-fried pickles. Uh, I sampled a little of the food. I had some nachos from, I think, Saz or something. I just needed a little something. Yeah. I didn't eat a lot yesterday because it was hot out there. I can't be, like, packing on the Summerfest food and then walking around on a hot day. You know, I worked down there. I worked for Susie's Cheesecakes, which is still around but no longer has a booth, per se, at Summerfest. But uh, that was one of the things my boss, Mark Strothman, would talk about. There was a th- there was a heat threshold, especially mm-hmm. for desserts, yeah. and a heavy dessert like cheesecake. said, like, we don't want it too hot or people, like, don't want to eat. Right. And so we should be kind of right in the wheelhouse today. Got a high of 87 degrees. That's inland. 83 degrees on the lake. You know, it always feels hotter there on the pavement, but... Yeah, you go. You take that that lakeside the walk. Breezeway. Oh, it was nice. It was it also shaded. We we loved it. We had a great time. We we're up, out there about four hours. And it, a couple of first timers with me. Some folks here from the really? company who are newer to Milwaukee had never really? been to Summerfest. What'd they say? They loved it. They're looking around, and you know, I, I look at Milwaukee too on this great day. We had a big old cruise ship that was parked out there in the harbor, looking back at the skyline, which continues to grow. Live music, all of this stuff happening. It was a great day. I walked into the grounds. Um, I think I got a wine just to kind of take the edge off of a, a vacation day. Yeah, and a I'm taste a little nip, little yeah. And then I'm I'm standing by the one of the sta- Generac stage. This guy takes a, a fall. This big dude, oof, like I'm saying, like 300 pounds, hits the pavement. Five of us rush up, to, and he was hard to lift and put him back on on his on his butt. He um apparently the heat got to him. Oh yeah, yeah. And he, he wasn't hydrated, so we got him some water. But that was like the first five minutes. Like, man, it's exciting out here. <laughs> it got late early out oh. there. Okay, Dad, I got to get to work. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station.
855 on Wisconsin's Morning News. One other thing that went down at Summerfest on that opening day. We were talking about this, Steve. I was asked to judge the Johnsonville Mm -hmm. Top Your Brat contest. Who doesn't love a brat? And Johnsonville is a a new sponsor down at Summerfest. They have their Summerville stage, which is on the north end of the grounds. Really nice space. They've got comfortable chairs to sit and hang out. They've got smaller stage acts and then a big old Johnsonville brat booth where you can buy all sorts of stuff. So they asked a number of us to come out and judge this Top Your Brat contest. 270-some entries whittled down to three finalists, which we all sampled and then filled out this very complex rubric of X number of points for... Like eatability, like ability to walk around with it. Texture. X number of points for taste. X number of points for presentation. So you sampled each of the three. Indeed. Live. And live oh. in front of people and then filled this thing Always out. Always fun to eat in front of people, isn't it? Well, there was a very clear way. I'm glad there was no controversy. <laughs> and the grand finale of the winner. It wasn't even close. Oh, by a landslide. walking brat, by a landslide. The Northern Walking Brats was your champion. This what, Steve, what did it consist of? This was the one. It was wrapped in a tortilla. So no bun, you have a tortilla, which mm. I liked because you really could get the flavor of everything else inside. Next was uh, pico de gallo, mm-hmm. queso, and crushed Fritos. I love Fritos. I'm a Fritos guy. Do you like Fritos like on stuff though? In a sandwich, I was prepared to not. I don't know like if I've this. ever had them on something, but I, I just love. I eat Fritos every day. A little snack pack every yeah. day. It's my thing. It was super tasty, and it impressed uh, the top of the food chain, the sausage king. There, that was Ralph Steyer. He is the owner of Johnsonville Sausage, and he, he was one of the judges as king. well. Yes, he yeah, is the, the sausage king. Nice. Not. Not to be confused with Sausage King of Because Chicago. I ran into an employee of Johnsonville last week, and he said he was the Sausage King, and he wasn't that guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, we'll let, we'll let them fight it out. Yeah. But uh, a number of people contacted me on social media. They want to know, can they get it? This is going to be on the menu at the Somerville stage next year, but no reason you can't make it at home right now. You right? just laid out the ingredients. Here's a tortilla, a little the, queso. The, tor- the tortilla thing intrigues me. Yeah, warm That's it up a little bit. That's not something I would have thought about. 30 seconds in the microwave. I queso, li- I like pico, it. crushed up Fritos. Wrap it up. It's ready to go. The other thing I'll leave you with this morning, the Sausage King has a saying. You know, people ask him all the time, what should you put on your brat, right? The best thing to put on a Johnsonville brat is your teeth. I'll let that be the last word. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.